It is Sunday, August 30th, 2020, and it is a great day for a baseball podcast. Aiden, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You? Same here. There's baseball, so it's always good here. All right. Welcome to the first ever episode. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. So first on, on our topic list is technically something that is not actually baseball news, but should actually be addressed before anything else. And that subject is, why are we calling this TCL Network, a.k.a. the Trash Can League Network? Well, it's a long story, which has to deal with trash, trash, and more trash. So, yeah, basically what happened was me and a friend were talking and we started talking about baseball, anything from like rules to players to events and all this other stuff. And then we started realizing a lot of the rules we both brought up, we didn't like it. We didn't like how they were played. We didn't like a lot of the new rules that they made for this season and this season alone. And so we thought, that's just trash. So why don't we take it and put it in a trash can? That's kind of how it went. That's all there is to it. There's a lot more to it, but that's all you need to know, folks, because as we all know, it's trash. <laughs> when I With first that, heard I about way. that name, I thought it was just about the Houston Astros cheating scandal, but now that makes more nope. sense. No, 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 no. This is not about the Houston Astros, because if we were to turn this thing into a podcast, why would it just be about the Houston Astros in there? trashiness why not make it about the trash of everything in fact just use the trash can as a storage container so why not make it a podcast plus you're not going to forget the name trash can lead i mean that's probably going to stick with you for at least five minutes if if not more but anyway that's kind of how it is that's the story and that's how it's going to be with that out of the way let's head to the next topic aiden what do you got Today, we had the no-hitter Lucas Giolito that happened last week. But before that, Ooh. let me just say, in 2018, Lucas Giolito, 6.13 ERA. That's horrible. Can, can we agree in that? Well, it's respectable. I wouldn't know. I don't know if you would call it horrible. A 5 ERA is terrible. That's horrible. Respectable, yeah, I'd say I'd say. Could be on the verge of becoming horrible. A 6.13 ERA. Six. Okay. See, I can't hear. Oh. I thought you said three. Oh, no. So six. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that belongs in the trash can. So let's just put that in the trash can, shall we? There we go. That's in the that trash. That was one of the worst starter ERAs in MLB history. And the year after history. History. Woo-wee. Smells like trash, too. Let's put that in the trash, too, shall we? Yeah, there we go. Not? That's in the trash. But in 2019, he, he made it to the All-Star game. So from 2018 to 2019, his whole baseball career turned around. And this, is, this last week was another pivotal event in his career. A no-hitter. 13 strikeouts. Absolutely. One walk. Eric Gonzalez. But that was the 19th no-hitter in White Sox history. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it sounds like he just basically took some advice of a football team a couple years ago, Cubs football team. I don't know if you all are aware of the Mizzou Tigers. I mean, of course, basically I'm 
I'm a huge fan of tires, so I know a lot about it. But basically, a couple of years ago, what happened was first half of the football season, I know this is football, not baseball, but this kind of applies to it. But basically, what happened in the beginning of the season was they were terrible. They were terrible. Halfway through the season, they got together and coincidentally stuck all their playbooks in a trash can. Uh-huh. Trash can. See where I'm going with yeah. this? And the thing what they did was they didn't just leave it in the trash can. They burned it. They, they literally lit the stuff in the trash can on fire. And they said to hell with this. And they went the rest of the season. They were one of the best teams. And it was insane. So Lucas Giolito must have stuck, stuck, put his baseball arm or something in a trash can, lit it on fire, went out and got a prosthetic or something. But to go from trash to, I don't know what the opposite of trash is, but treasure, mm-hmm. that's that's interesting. And also, and, Lucas Giolito, his no-hitter was really important in the 21st century. This is the most swinging and missed strikes which is the most in no-hitter history since 1990. 1990, huh? Yeah. That was when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. Yeah, probably. Take it from me. (laughs) Uh, But how many swinging strikeouts did he get? Did you find that? Not swinging strikeouts, but swinging strikes, and it was 30. Oh, swinging strikes. Okay. How many did he get? 30? 30. 30. Wow. Yeah. He was off to tie so, Nolan Ryan's record of 31 in a no-hit game, but so close. Wow. And how many pitches? How many pitches did he throw? Was it like 100? I don't Do you remember, remember that? that, but all I, I want to say it was over 100, yes. I think. Of course, but it's a it, no-hitter. Just, it has to be over 100. If not, then, well, oh, he's like all, like, Hall of Fame level if you throw a no-hitter under 100, 100 pitches. That that would be like instant Hall of Fame induction. Yeah. Of course, or it could be the pitcher's trash, but the other team's trash, <clears throat> Pirates, and then that's just how it goes. Yeah, the Pirates but, are the worst team this year, so if anyone but, had a no-hitter, it would definitely be against the Pirates. Against the Pirates. But here's the thing, though. I actually heard this the other day. The Pirates actually whooped the pitcher a couple days earlier. I think I don't remember what the score was, but yes, the Pirates have been trashy this year. But actually, they really rallied. I don't remember what the score was a couple days ago, but they actually woke up all of a sudden. It's like the caffeine finally hit them. So credit to Lucas Giolito. Yes, you kind of destroyed a trashy team, but at the same time, this trashy team could whoop you in the butt if you're not looking. So credit to him. Good job, mister. Thank you for that. We needed it. So, and especially in a in a 60-game season. I mean, you kind of have to condense it all into one season. So, thank you, Lucas Giolito, for that. Thank you for, get your, for getting your head out of your trash. So. Well, one question that this no-hitter raised is, do you think that another no-hitter will happen this season? Ooh. Me personally, I don't know. Definitely not it's, a perfect game. Definitely not. No, I don't think a perfect game will happen for a while. Yeah. I mean, unless I mean, I bet you it'll be Justin Verlander because he's still got that talent in him. He's still throwing it. Um, but it, it'll probably be Verlander, Serzer, or someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of young talent coming up. It's we're going to see that on display. 
It's just I don't know if you'll have a perfect game this year. A no-hitter might be possible, in my opinion, but I doubt a perfect game will occur this year. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember when the last perfect game occurred. Oh, 2012 Felix Hernandez. 2012? Yeah. So if it it hasn't happened since then, it's not going to happen until then sort of thing. So it's it's going to be a while. I mean, but credit to Lucas Giolito. Great job, man. Hope you keep it up. Mm-hmm. So, and on that note, let's shift from a brighter topic to a little more darker topic. Yes, that is the fact of injuries. We all hate them. We, no one likes them. It's trash, but they happen. Injuries this year. I actually looked this up this morning at around, let's see, it was about midday, so about noon Eastern time. I looked up on the on uh, the almighty Google, and I looked up how many players were injured this year as of this morning. And there are, I kid you not, ready for this number? 318. Wow. 318 major league baseball players on all sorts of injured lists as of this morning. Wow, that's crazy. Throughout the whole major leagues, 318. This includes... Two people on the seven-day injured list, which actually I wasn't even aware there was a seven-day injured list. But <laughs> Me hey, you learn something new. You learn something new every day. Um, there's 115 alone on the 10-day, mm-hmm. so that's a lot. That's almost like a third right there. Yeah, it's over a third. Um, 83 were on the 60-day. 87 are being monitored on, on a day-to-day basis, which I'm not sure if you want to count day-to-day as being injured, but <laughs> some some of the people were injured, and, I mean, like, her had sort, certain injuries that couldn't be, like, it could be better as of this morning or could be better as of next morning. It could just morning, be a bench. could be better as of next morning. bench. Exactly. Right. And here's the actual thing that is interesting. We all know there's a COVID injured list, like a, a injured list just for COVID. Yeah. How many do you think is on that? How many people do you think are um, on that? Probably like 10. Well, you're close. 15. Wow. Only 15. And that comes after Cardinals had their thing going on. The Marlins had their thing going on. Mm-hmm. Indians kind of had something going on. Every team had going on, it feels like. But only 15. I thought there'd be more. Yeah. But, Yeah. And on another note, on an ironic note, there are also 15 players who have opted out of the season. Huh. 15. 15 have COVID, 15 have opted out. That I thought was interesting. That's as of this morning, too. And I guess I counted those as part of the 318 because they're not playing, so they're out. I mean, I guess you could say sort of injured, but they're not injured injured. So the um, thing with these injuries are 60 games are not a lot. That's like a well, 60 days. 60 days is not 60 games. 60, 60 you have games, to have off days because 60 games. 60 right. games. If you get a, most mm-hmm. of these players a, won't play that are injured won't no. play a couple of games Unless which wouldn't be right. a big deal in a 162 game season. But since there's only 60 exactly. games, this might You're be very pivotal. Most of the season. Right. Um, and actually, we've only covered 317. There's still one more person who's 
I guess you consider it on the injured list. No. And it is none of the above. It's not any injured list, technically. Mm -hmm. He's on paternity leave. So congratulations to Chad Pinder of the Oakland Athletics. Wow. You are now a father. Congratulations. (laughs) So congratulations to him. And, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't, again, that's not injured, but he's not playing. So I guess if, I guess that's why they consider it. If you want to see this list, viewers, if you want, if you want to see where I got this from, I almost, I basically had to manually count these people because, well, that's just how it was. They sorted it by team and I couldn't find how to sort it by in, injured list and whatnot. So if you want to see this list for yourself, head on over to ESPN.com, click on the MLB tab, then select the more drop down box, and then click injuries again. Head over to ESPN.com, click the MLB tab, select the more drop-down box, and then click injuries. That'll take you right there. They have it sorted by team. Welcome back to the TCL Network. And in the past week, there has been a controversial topic about Fernando Tatis Jr. in that 3-0 count when he hit a home run. Now, I... Think that unwritten rule should exist, and here are a couple other unwritten rules that I have that also, in my opinion, are pretty stupid. So, well, if they're trash, gotta talk about them. Yeah. So here is one: Don't work the count if your team is winning or losing by a lot of runs. Now, I get the winning side of that. Wait, wait, wait. You mean by that you mean if your team is winning or like if there's a giant lead, you you don't take very many pitches. Is that that's what you're saying? Yes, but that's that also, is stupid. Yeah, and also on the losing side as well, which I think is even more stupider because how? Okay, so what basically what I'm hearing is the unwritten rule of don't work to count if there's a gigantic lead. Basically, what I'm hearing is. Swing at bad pitches, you stupid idiot. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. So you're saying if there's a pitch coming right at my head and someone's <laughs> winning or losing, I should swing at it. Only if there's a I'm, lot of runs, apparently. No, I'm not swinging <laughs> a pitch at my head or at my feet. If I don't like it, I'm not swinging. I don't know why you would unless it's if you think – it's going to be called strike three, in which case you swing to foul it off so you can get a better pitch later. But that's stupid. Why would you not? Sw- why would you swing at a pitch you'd never swing at? Mm-hmm. And especially if, just if you're losing, then you the goal is to work the count so you can actually score runs right. to try to tie the game and eventually exactly. win. So if you're winning, it doesn't really matter if you swing at a ton of pitches. But on the losing side, yes. You should work the count because you should only be swinging at the at the pitches you know you can hit. It's it's strategy. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I can see that unwritten rule and how it developed. But I I think how that could have developed is being that um, if you're winning, you want to get the game over. It's just like in football. I know here's another football reference, mm-hmm. but when you take a knee, when there's a couple minutes left and the quarterback takes a knee to start running the clock down. Is to get the game over, so you don't really. Uh, I don't know, but on the same side of baseball, it's probably. I don't. I don't know. It's interesting because there is no time limit, so you're not ticking the time down. You're just. I guess if 
the only way you it would work out for you is if you get if the winning teams, if you get to the start, then they take out the start and put in the bullpen. But even then, how is that an unwritten rule? I mean, you, you should only swing at the pitches you like. Exactly. Unless, again, you're forced to foul one off if you think it could be a strike three call. Mm-hmm. One, I mean, yeah, keep going. I don't know. That's that's trash. <laughs> we can put that in the trash. I'm going to put that in the trash. There we go. In the trash. We're done with that. All right. All what's right. the next step? Next one. Don't rub the spot where you were hit by a pitch. Honestly, if a pitcher intentionally tries to hit you and it hurts, what are you supposed to do? Not try to look at the area and see if it's okay. You're just going to shrug it off and just walk to first base. No, it's like a 99 mile per hour fastball at you. Of course. Who's the idiot who came, who's the idiot who came up with that? I have no idea. And that's I'd another love, role. I would like to make a, yeah, let's put that in the trash, shall we? There it is. There it goes. Burn in hell. Um, I just want to take a baseball bat to the person who made that rule. Bash his brains in. You, that's kind of like saying, I don't know. Here, I'm going to hit you with this. Don't say it hurts. I mean, there's one person, though, who did do that, who didn't actually rub it. I remember watching a game. It was a Cardinals game. And Cardinals center fielder Harrison Bader was hitting. And this happened two times in the game. First time. He got hit on the elbow, right smack dab on the elbow. And I swear to God, Harrison Bader is a freaking robot because he did not blink. He did not flinch. He didn't even mumble the word ow. He's a freaking robot. Just like the machine Albert Pujols. Yeah. I mean, he he recovered from injuries really quick. Harrison Bader, I mean, watching him, I mean – you know what it feels like to whack your elbow on something. Well, he just got hit by, I don't think it was, it was off of Lucas Giolito, surprisingly. And, um, yeah, he hit him, smack dab on the elbow. I don't remember how fast it was. It was probably like a 92-mile-an-hour fastball, 92-93, somewhere in that area, probably. Smack dab on the elbow, doesn't even fall over, doesn't move. Mm-hmm. And then in the same game, I think it might have been against Gilito. It might have been another pitcher, but I think it was still against the White Sox. I think. It was a couple weeks ago, but this is just something I brought up. Again, in the same game, though, he got hit, I think it was on the side or the back. That must have And, again, he didn't even flinch. Hmm. Didn't even move. Wow. I tell you, he's a freaking robot. But, again – I want to take a baseball bat and bash the person's brains in who came up with that unwritten rule. See if he won't flinch at that. (laughs) Okay, so finally, the last unwritten rule. So this rule, I can wrap my head around, but there is one part of the rule that I don't get. So it's do not help opposing team to make a play. Well, that kind of makes sense if you think about it because if you're – trying to help your team lose, well, then that's not not a good player. But the one thing that I have to say about that is you cannot help brace a player if they're catching a ball that lands in the dugout. So if someone's trying to make a jumping play in the dugout, that makes sense. 
Why though? Because I can understand they're trying that. to brace them from not hurting themselves in the dugout. I, I mean, I can understand why that would be an unwritten rule. I mean, because it should be the player's own ability to determine whether or not he can make a catch. Um, but why you would brace the person? I, I mean, I can understand that, but at the same time, I don't know. I mean, it's again another thing too. How would you help the opposing team? I'm trying to think of a way you'd actually do that by just like not even running on the bases so they can get a double play or something or get you out easier. Yeah, I mean, how would you that or like stopping a ball in midair just so the second baseman could pick it up and throw it to first or something? That would be that would be offensive interference. So that the the, that runner would be out. I guess you consider that as helping because that would automatically get him an out, Mm -hmm. but. Well, again, why? Why would you even do that? I mean, but the thing I with the catching the ball that lands in the dugout, think about it. you're catching a ball and then you're going to land on hard concrete if you fall over and land into the dugout. So at least the play. Isn't that what AstroTurf is, though, basically? Hmm? Isn't that what AstroTurf, though, is, basically? <laughs> <laughs> but. Just. I mean, no one braces you if you dive on an turf. I mean, I mean, sure, you, you probably won't get a giant concussion if you fall on your head. But, I mean, I get that. But, again, if you don't think you can make a catch in the dugout, don't do it. I mean, it's not like a do-or-die scenario in which, hey, if I don't catch this ball, we're going to lose the freaking World Series. It's a foul ball. It doesn't matter. I mean, again, I don't know. Yeah, but it's just... You mean you, idiots. I mean, there's nothing else to it. I mean, you don't help the other team. I mean, you're on your team for a reason, unless you're trying to get yourself fired, released, DFA. I don't know what you want to call it. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. Well, I guess we and made was... on two out of the three unwritten rules then. Got so... Two out, of the, two out of the three unwritten rules make me want to bash someone's brains exactly. in. Therefore, they're trash. <laughs> trash they are, and trash they shall be. And now I'm looking at the time limit. We only have time for one more topic to get to. So let's talk about the most expensive piece of paper now <laughs> in baseball history, the Mike Trout baseball card. That is the last topic I think we should end on today because that is something interesting. Basically, hopefully, everyone listening has heard of the T206 Honus Wagner card. If you're not, you're an idiot, you're trash, go look it up. It's most likely on Wikipedia. Um, but basically, that hold the, held the record for the most expensive baseball card ever sold in history. It was sold in 2016 for $3.12 million. Wow, for a piece of cardboard with a little writing on it? Wow. Well, technically, I can see why Honus Wagner was is yeah, so expensive. Yeah, I, I think about Honus it. Wagner, but Mike Trout. Mike Trout, I don't know, but it sold was last. No, it was a couple Saturdays ago, two Saturdays ago, not yesterday, but the week after Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yes, very confusing. I don't have a calendar in front of me. Go look it up yourselves. I don't know, but anyway, it sold for three point ninety. million dollars that's over half a million more than the honus wagner wow he sold 
the, the little card for almost $4 million. And the thing about and that then, is it has Mike Trout's signature on it, right? A Mike Trout signature I would probably be worth actually. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if it does. I, I don't know. It might, it might not. But basically what I found is a 2009 card. It's graded mint nine condition. I don't know my mint conditions or whatnot, but I think that's pretty high mm -hmm. because MLB made a big deal about it. Go look it up yourselves. I don't know. Let me know. I don't know. Um, and it basically has a stamped one-to-one -one serial number to ensure it's singular quality. I, again, I don't know if Mike Chop signed it, but it, this is the only one in its existence. It's not as old as like a paper from the dinosaurs, but I mean, if, if you ask me, I'd rather have the Honus Wagner card. Yeah. Sure, it might be more, it, the Mike Chop one might be more expensive, but, and it's a little more rare, I get it. But what if, I mean, you don't know, what if Chop tears his Achilles or something? What if he tears something in the next couple of years and then he's done? I mean, again, that might be a controversial topic right there I just said. But that's kind of my take on it. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. On a Swagner, there's not going to be many of it. There's a story behind it. Whereas now it's just, well, hey, we printed this one Mike Chop card. Here, someone have it. I don't care. And that card actually sold on eBay of all places. eBay. Um, wow. eBay. Two years earlier. Um, I No, two years, two years ago. Excuse me, not earlier, but two years ago. So 2018, it sold on eBay for $400,000. The same Mike Chow card, $400,000. And the guy who sold it this time around, the guy who just made $3.94 million, his name is Vegas Dave is his nickname. <laughs> Vegas Dave Oncia, that's his name. And basically, he's a gambling man. Basically, he's got it made. He's got like a crystal ball or something. I mean, this is the same guy who actually bet $2.5 million that the Kansas City Royals would win the 2015 World Series. Wow. And he won that ball. The same guy who bet that. I mean, he's got crystal ball or something, or voodoo magic, I don't he's know. He's psychic. But this guy's in, he's psychic, yes. And he actually told MLB earlier this month, a lot of people have – excuse me, I messed that quote up. He said a lot of people had a lot of negative things to say that I was crazy, you know. You could have bought a house. You could have bought this and that, that I'm stupid, and it's just a piece of cardboard. But it's ironic. Now I'm going to make 4 or $5 million. And keep in mind, he said that before it even sold. Wow. He said that earlier, earlier in August, he said that quote to MLB. And then it almost sells for $4 million. So he called his shots. I mean, again, this guy is crazy. Yeah. Crazy awesome. I, I would give a lot to have that betting power. <laughs> and on that note, for him at least, it appears we have time. It is time to end. Thank you for listening. <laughs>